Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to another episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. It is Myth Monday, and today we are talking about Chelonians. What? Chelonia. That is an order of animals that everything that is referred to as a turtle belongs to. Oh, now you're talking my language, turtle. Talking turtles Now I get it. Okay. That's right. But it's more fun to say Chelonian. Oh, like Chelonian. Chelonian. They have a shell. (laughs) Yeah, Chelonian, no. It does mean they have a shell, but it's C-H, not S-H. So what's the myth surrounding turtles, Ben? We know... That we everybody's seen a turtle, but there's a lot of confusion out there, right? Turtle, tortoise, terrapin, are they all the same? Are they all the different? What the heck is the answer? And the answer really is that it's it's pretty confusing, even for us. We've really kind of had to wrap our minds around this, do some research, um, but we think we can explain it well so that everybody will uh, be better informed moving forward. So, what is a turtle? It's a turtle. It's a turtle. It's a Shalonian. Chelonian. And what you're trying to say is, what he's trying to say is that everything in the order Chelonia is a turtle. So if you call a tortoise a turtle, you're right. If you call a terrapin a turtle, you're right. And a turtle is a turtle, right? Correct. Now everyone's probably going, what the heck are they talking about? We're so confused. There are differences between each one, but they all technically are turtles. That's what the family Mm. Chelonia is. Sorry, not family, order. There's different families in that order, but it does mean that they have a shell and that they are turtles. So let's stop right there. Let's let's break that down. Okay. Because naming animals is where a lot of our problems come from. We can look back. The Native Americans named animals before we ever came over here, and then we started trying to classify them and give them names, and then they didn't always match up with what the natives talked about. That's where a lot of our Myth Monday topics come from. Correct, yeah. And so my discovery is that it was... Carolus, I don't know, Linnaeus, I don't know, I can't even say the person's last name, but they're the ones that started in the 18th century, started this classification of how do we name these animals, how do we put them in, in groups. And so you just said order. Mm-hmm. So kind of help all the listeners out there, what is that classification ranking system so we know how far out we are from. So we have... So there's an acronym to help remember that, and it is Dear King Philip Came Over for Great Spaghetti. What? <laughs> yes. Or you could say, Dear King Philip came over for great soup. Whatever it is, it is domain, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. Starting at domain, moving all the way down to do- species, you're basically going to uh, make your group smaller. So domain's going to be your biggest group. Mm. You're going to have like features of those animals. Down to kingdom, group's going to be a little bit smaller. Phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. When you get down to species, your group is the smallest, and those animals are most like each other. So where, where is the word turtle? So the word tor- turtle, which f- refers to Chelonidae, is order. So you're kind of right in the middle there. That's before family. So when you're talking turtle, you could break that down further into families, which would be like um, Chelidrae that has uh, your snapping turtles in it, or Chelonidae that's going to have your big sea turtles in it as well. Mm. So they are Chelonidae, but they are broken down into more specific families and then their species inside each of those as well so then let's share that next so turtle tortoise terrapin 
kind of define those for us. What's a what is then a, a terrapin versus a tortoise? So a turtle, when you're going to refer to a turtle, that's going to mainly be um, your water or your your marine animals. They they really never leave the water except for to lay eggs, which most people who've been to the beach have seen these protected areas of the beach. Everybody knows these endangered um, leatherbacks, loggerheads, all these endangered marine species. Those are your turtles. They have flippers rather than feet and claws. Okay, that's good. So the identifiable feature is the, we'll call them flippers. Flippers. The diet of turtles is also kind of another telltale sign of where to classify them. Uh, Turtles are omnivores. And so are terrapins. And then your tortoises, which is going to be your ones that are always on land, those are herbivores that are only eating plants. So turtles, it's going to, if you know that they eat meat and plants, you immediately know it's either going to be a turtle or a terrapin. And then, so you've talked about terrapin. Now, what is a terrapin? So a terrapin, um, they are going to be kind of more that they're going to live in water sometimes and on land sometimes. They can do both. So they're going to have webbed feet with claws. Um, so they can live both aquatic, and I'm going to say aquatic because aquatic is more your fresh or brackish water, and then marine is your salt water. So your terrapins are going to be, um, locally we have several different species. Painted turtles is a really well-known one. These are all your pond turtle species. Um, there are some species that are actually called terrapins. There's a European terrapin. You have red-eared slider turtles. Some people call them red-ear slider terrapins. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just depends where you live. Well, let's your, talk about the red eared slider because yeah. that is one that a lot of people, uh, I'm going to call it pets, but they raise them. They they buy them from the store. They yeah. bring them home. They put them in, you know, uh, an aquarium. It's and, common for an aquarium. If you go to a Bass Pro Shops or something like that, you're going to see that. And for everybody to help you identify that, they're called red eared sliders. They'll be in water and they literally have, looks like somebody took bright red paint and painted a stripe down the side of each, on each side of their head. Yep. And they're, they're a cool-looking turtle, but that is a red-eared slider, so that's what we're talking about here. Right, and and a lot of people, even at home, just us listening, can purchase them and have them at home and raise them. Mm-hmm. Those terrapins, you can see, have the web feet. They're not flippers, you know, and they do come out of the water. You have to have inside the aquarium something for them to get out on to get out of the water. Correct. But they do also spend time in the water. You can find them in our lakes and streams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I, when we're fishing, we see a lot of them. Yeah. And they'll be out sunning. They're out on the logs, out on the rocks. You know, when we're talking about the turtle, your loggerhead you talked about, they're... They live in the water. They live in the water. Right. So there's some differences there to, to help. Absolutely. And with the terrapins, like the red-eared slider, they are considered omnivores, but that's only later in their life. So as juveniles, they're actually carnivores. They're going to eat meat. They're going to seek that so that they're growing. And then once they reach uh, a, a mature age, then they're going to kind of switch over to omnivores where they eat pretty much anything, plants or animals. Good. Another huge difference between um, terrapins and turtles, besides being aquatic and semi-aquatic or semi-marine and marine, um, terrapins live the shortest life of all the turtles that we're talking about. They're only going to live 20 to 40 years. Whereas turtles, you know, you're talking 70, 80 years for turtles. Right. So to, to, this is confusing. It so is, yeah. We would be accurate to say that there are turtles that live in the water all their life. Uh-huh. For the most part. You have to come to land, lay eggs, all that stuff. But right. you have turtles that live in the water. You have turtles that live on both land and water. And you have turtles that live only on the land. That's good, yes. And the turtles that live on land and water are terrapins. The turtles that live only in the water are turtles, and the turtles that live only on the land are tortoises. tortoises. Good. And some tortoises 
can swim. So now we're getting into like what you and I know as a tortoise is a box turtle. Right. Okay. And some tortoises can't swim. Right. Which is even more confusing when you get in that. But a tortoise is going to mainly spend, we'll say, 90 plus percent of their life or 100% on land. They're not going to have web feet. Uh, they will have claws, but they're not web feet, and they're gonna they're gonna be terrestrial. You're gonna find them in your woodlands and your deserts. Uh, we've got the opportunity to work with some really cool species of these, mm-hmm. some huge species of these tortoises. Get huge. Some of them can be well over 200 pounds and live for over 200 years. That's because they get as large as their environment, right? They can get as large as their environment. They grow their whole life, so they're constantly growing. It's not like, uh, you know, the first 10 years of their life, they're going to grow to 200 pounds and live the rest of your life 200 pounds. Um, They're cold-blooded reptiles. All of these are reptiles that we're talking about. So they're growing slowly because their metabolic rate is slower because they're reptiles. They take on the temperature of their environment. They're growing slowly over the course of their life. It's not like you or I that by the time we were 18, 19 years old, we're grown. Um, and that's as big as we're going to get. So as long as we lay off all the thick crust pizza. That's so good, though. <laughs> so the tortoise, or any of them, turtles. So do their shells grow the same rate with their body? Their shells do have to grow with their body. Their shells are made of keratin, and they're going to put it on in layers. Um, so that their shell is growing with their body. Here's one. So I asked that because when you and I were teaching um, animal, you know, we'll just say any kind of, of turtle program. I'll just yeah. call it turtle program because now how confusing this sounds. So any of our turtle programs, I would have kids ask and, and bring up this question, can a turtle crawl out of its shell? And that's all the time. That's kind of what this myth is today. That's what I, the myth side that I wanted to present because – we used to get it a lot. It was something I never even thought of, heard of. But kids, a lot of kids would ask, can a turtle crawl out of its shell? Right. And our answer that we'd give them is what, Brian? They absolutely cannot Correct. crawl out of their shell because Good. they are attached to their shell. So unless you're going to leave your spine behind and go on without it, then you probably need to stay with your shell. Right. And that's what we, we meant by attached is that their spine is a part of the shell. Correct. So they're not taking a shell off and putting a new shell on. Yeah. I, I do think it comes from Bugs Bunny and your old cartoons. You'll see the the turtle coming out of a shell and popping back in. Right. Well, and there's there's other animals or crustaceans are particularly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You see uh, there's crabs. Hermit crabs is a common one that people have in their, their homes. As they grow, they have to go find a shell that fits their body. But the fact of the matter is that they are putting on um, an inorganic shell it's not one that is organic that they've grown with with their own body so turtles aren't out finding shells they have literally grown that shell since they were in an egg until they were hatched and so now that we understand the shell they don't crawl out of it there are different turtles that use their shell as a defense and some cannot mm-hmm. so can you kind of help maybe identify a few turtles right. terrapins or tortoises who does what so Let's let's keep it broken down into the three classifications here. So we're going to talk turtles so that everybody's on the same page with me. We're thinking marine, big flippers, Finding Nemo. The, Movie, yeah. I think they were hippie turtles in, in Finding, <laughs> I don't Finding Nemo. Like, what's up, man? That's how they talked in, in Finding Nemo. So the hippie turtles, they... Uh, they can't go all the way in their shell. They can't pull their flippers in their head all the way in. That's not how they can protect themselves. Now, when you start talking about terrapins and tortoises, they can fully retract, close their shell, um, and that really goes to the shape of their body. So if you look at a, a turtle, a marine turtle, like a loggerhead, their shell's very flat. 
So they don't have that space, the volume, to pull in all the bones and, and skin and stuff that's outside of their body. However, when you get into uh, terrapins or your pond turtles, they're semi-flat, so they have enough room. They can kind of pull most everything in. Then when you get into tortoises, they really have that dome-shaped shell, and they can pull their whole body in, close up tight. And I don't know if you've ever tried to open one that's closed up tight. It's it's like a safe room. I mean, it you're is. not getting through that. You're, yeah, not, you're it's not. It's so hard to open one. And that's what protects them. That's what's going to keep them safe. There is a turtle. I'm going to call it a terrapin for right now, okay. but I think it may be actual turtle. Um in our local lakes, this thing is real thin. We call uh, it looks like a leathery looking turtle. It's mm -hmm. got a really, uh, its beak or its nose is very pinpointed. Yeah. Do you know the name of that turtle? And you're talking about a soft shell. Soft shell. There yeah. it is. Uh, they cannot withdraw. They're going to stay completely exposed because, right. as we've identified, they're a turtle. Now, I say that they're a turtle, but do they even have flippers? They don't. Okay, um, good. They have web feet, so they're they're actually a, a terrapin. Terrapin. But there they'd you go. Be, we always in Myth Monday have to talk about those exceptions to that rule. They would be the exception to that rule of terrapins being able to fully retract. Good. So yeah. again, there's differences even within each of these, which is why this can be so confusing. Right. It can be. Hopefully, we're laying it out clear enough that people are starting to kind of wrap wrap their minds around what we're talking about here. Um, something very interesting that I stumbled upon in our research. And if you've listened to this before, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a deer head, not a gear head. I'm a deer head. I love whitetail deer. It's my favorite animal. I'm passionate about managing land for whitetails and hunting whitetails. And this is something I didn't know. I did not know this about deer. So there's always something new to learn. Deer eat eggs of terrapins and tortoises by accident. No, they, well, so as they're, they're going to come onto land. The, the terrapins and turtles are going to come onto land to mm -hmm. lay their eggs. So as a deer is foraging around, if they smell, they, they would be able to smell and they could dig up these eggs and eat them. And obviously they know they're nutritious. So um, deer are considered herbivores, but if they have the opportunity to get an easy meal like that, they're, they're going to take it. And That's there's awesome. going to be a lot of nutrients they get from that. That's so awesome. They'll actually eat those eggs. And I was, when I saw them listed as a predator for red-eared sliders, I was like, what? What crazy? What crazy website is this? And so then I I kind of dove in and and found it validated in several areas that uh, they they will seek them out and and actually eat the eggs. Which goes to in some episodes in the past we talked about opportunistic feeders. Mm -hmm. I think most species that live outdoors have to do that and do that, which is really cool to see. Another common thing I hear about turtles all the time. I want you to elaborate on this for me, is that a turtle can't flip itself back over. So if uh, can a turtle first of all can a turtle get flipped on its back by accident? It can on accident for they sure. They can. Yeah. Once it's on its back, is it there? Sometimes they can flip over, but if they cannot flip over, then they will be stuck on their back and they will die. They absolutely can. So really, what gets them stuck is if there's nothing around, no rock, no stump, no tree, no nothing for them to, because they're going to be moving their legs constantly as they're on their back even twisting and pushing their head. So if there's nothing for them to push off of to get flipped back over, then yes, they can get stuck on their back and die. What usually happens, they're sitting there not being able to move, flailing all about, can't even really see. They'll usually uh, become prey and something will predate on them and eat them before they even die. But if they can get to something, they'll flip them over. So if you want to be a true conservationist, if you see a turtle flipped on its back, go ahead and flip it over. Help flip it out. Flip it over. You bet. That actually leads me into uh, not... 
necessarily a myth, but a movement. Uh, uh, a lot of conservation departments have put in a lot of money to share this information of if you see a turtle, leave it alone. You right. Know, the, the crossing the road um, to even them going as far as saying, don't ever take them home. Yeah, don't don't move them. Well, so when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I moved them. So, you know, today you're, you're going to see people see these turtles trying to cross the road. Uh, again, when I was a kid, we would see that we'd either straddle it or sometimes we'd get up and we'd move them. So yeah. that's the that was the message they shared is don't move them unless they're about to get squashed or hurt. Then feel free to move them, but move them in the direction that they're already going. Correct. And that's where the that is their information they're trying to push out that these turtles have great sense of direction and whatever, however they're getting to where they're going, whether they're swimming or they're walking. They're going to either find food, water, or to lay their eggs. They're not lost. They're not they lost. Have purpose at all. and direction. Correct. And so by sometimes moving I them, wish I had the purpose and direction of a tortoise. It would be awesome just to know where you're going and why you're going there. And it doesn't map. matter how long it takes to get there. You know you're going. Yeah. There. Without a map, you know you know where you're going. Right. That would be awesome. But uh, we want to keep them in that area. Mm-hmm. So moving them is okay off the road to the side in the direction they're going. However, you don't want to remove them completely and like take them home or I'll say transplant, move them to another park or at your house because they are territorial. So by moving this turtle to a new place, now it has to establish new territory and that that can be a problem for that turtle. Yeah. And, and I didn't, I didn't plan to, to say this, but you brought it up to my mind when you're talking about people moving turtles from roads. If you're driving down your neighborhood road or you're, you're, your gravel road or wherever you're at, if it's a quiet, calm road, or you can pull off and move that turtle off the road, that's great. And I've done it. And there are lots of people who are very passionate about doing it. There are lots of people who are just, they love animals. And so do I. I became a wildlife biologist because of my passion for animals and biology. However, there have been times where I have come close to hitting a person or a car or had to slam on my brakes because somebody made an erratic move with their vehicle to pull over or they were actually on the road trying to move this turtle. You are too loved and you are too important to risk your life for a turtle. So if you're risking your life to save the turtle, I don't think that's heroism. If you're able to pull over and help the turtle, that's awesome. I I love it. I've done it and I look for those opportunities. But usually... It's few and far between because most cases it's not fully safe for me to pull over to save this turtle. Um, don't risk your life to save a tu- to save any turtle. I concur. Yeah, I agree. Completely. I just I just thought I should say that because that has happened to me more than once, um, yeah. and I do appreciate I do appreciate where people's hearts are on that. But I want people to know my heart that even if I don't know you, I love you more than I could ever love that turtle. So please take care of yourself. And the two types of turtles that we're probably talking about here are perhaps a box turtle and your. Snapping turtles. Yeah, you see a lot of alligator, or not alligator, snapping turtles. You just see a lot of snapping turtles in general crossing roads, trying to get from one pond to another. But again, they they know where they're going. They're not lost. And sna- uh, snapping turtles spend so much of their life in the water, they're not going to be out of it for long. So they're either looking for more water or they're going to find a place to lay their eggs. So clarify, because you just used the word alligator snapping turtle. Right. And then you hesitated. So what are our differences in snapping turtles there? So there's there's several different species. The main one, the main ones we are going to have here where we are, and, and in the South United States, um, 
we have common snapping turtles and then your alligator snapping turtle. Unfortunately, where we're at in Missouri and most of our state, and in many, many areas of the United States, their populations are drastically declining. They're not an endangered species yet. However, due to overhunting and habitat destruction, their populations are not doing well. There are many states, including Missouri, that has uh, banned um, the harvesting of them. You can't mm-hmm. take them. If you even catch one by accident while you're catfishing or something, you have to. You can't have it in your possession. You have to release it immediately. Um, they're, they're good to eat. People like to harvest them um, to eat. Um, but we can't do that anymore. It's against the law here where we are, and there are a lot of states jumping on board with that. I know some of the South, if you really get down in like Louisiana and things like that, the populations are still doing okay, and there are still some seasons um, on alligator snapping turtles. However, we still see a lot of snapping turtles. Those are going to usually be your common snapping turtle. Um, there is kind of a myth around that because so many people call them alligator snapping turtles. Mm-hmm. I used to do a funny thing when I would teach. Uh, we had alligator, alligator snapping turtle that we would, it was raised in captivity that we would get out and teach with. And I would say, how many of you have seen one of these around where you live? And half the class would raise their hand. Right. And the fact of the matter is that probably none of them truly have. Right. But e- there even are crossing a the road. Right. That a lot of them would say, well, we've seen one crossing the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the easiest distinction is a uh, common snapping turtle is going to kind of, not a smooth se- shell, but not rounded rigid. no ridges yeah, yeah. rounded no ridges uh, alligator snapping turtle is going to have three very distinct spiky ridges down its shell yes running parallel with its body and and you can see that from a distance so you can and, and check it out online look them up you're going to be able to see the difference another difference is in their mouth which that's rare to see so it's right. so cool you yeah. don't that's not really the side of a snapping no, turtle you want to no. see but you know an alligator snapping turtle when it opens his mouth it has that pinkish red mm-hmm. tongue which they use to fish with which that whole thing is so awesome that's why i love alligator snapping turtles common snapper turtle doesn't have that so you know when you do see them on the road i know again as a kid i'd find them crossing the road trying to head to that next pond we would go up we'd check it out and when you would do it it would open its mouth you know, which is like, stand back, don't uh-huh. touch, right? Uh, in doing so, you can clearly see that that it does not have that red. So I have this on my list of, of turtle stories, but I'm going to go ahead and, and share it now because, since we're talking about the snapping yeah. turtles. Um, being blessed and privileged enough to, to watch in areas where people are raising captive alligator snapping turtles, watching them feed is so cool. So alligator snapping turtles spend most of their life in the water, not moving just completely stationary. Um, and that is actually their hunting strategy as well. They can hold their breath for close to an hour before having to come up to get air, and they spend most of that time on the bottom, not moving. What they'll do, they'll position themselves usually on the edge of currents, which they can feel, and they will allow bait, food, to come by. And they will open their mouth, and they have an appendage on their tongue. It is literally their fishing tool. Hold their mouth per- perfectly still in this little worm-like appendage will sit there and flap in the current. And as a fish or anything comes to check it out, they clap that jaw down and it is so fast and so strong. And that's how they active, they're actively hunting, but they're not really moving. They're kind of uh, tricking their prey to come to them. And it's really cool to watch from literally inches away through the glass of, of a tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really cool to watch. It is. And you also talked about breathing. So all turtles... Breathe atmospheric oxygen. Correct. So they, they all have to come up at some point, whether right. they're 
they live in the water all their life or on the land. They're not fish, so they don't have gills. Right. They're not amphibians, so they don't cutaneously respirate. They have to come up and breathe atmospheric oxygen. That's a really good thing to point out here, Ben. That's good. That's good. So we've been talking about snapping turtles, even kind of in our box turtle side, but moving. Moving them, not mm-hmm. moving them. Again, if you feel like you need to help that animal, help them. We don't want to re we don't want to transplant them. Right. You know, moving them from the highway, taking them home. And we, we share those reasons why. Also, in moving them, we have to touch them. So we always had to be careful when we would allow our guest participants, kids, to touch any right. of, a, of the turtles. We had we, we provided them with Germex. Right. Um, and this is kind of just a disclaimer. If you're going to go handle turtles, most of them are safe to handle if you're taking the proper precautions. Um, and now when you and I go on, on herpetology trips, we go out looking for things. We a lot of times wear nitrile gloves, but uh, they all carry salmonella, um, which is <laughs> you can be really, really sick from it. And it's so easy to, to think, oh, this is just a shell. It's not dirty. And then easily touch or rub your face and get salmonella. So always wash your hands, wear gloves. When we're providing opportunities for people to encounter turtles, we always have Germex present. It's good. So they, they can carry salmonella. Right. And, sure. and that's a good thing just to share with your kids because your kids are going to find box turtles if they're outdoors and enjoying themselves or even pond turtles at the pond. And, and they should know that they should wash their hands. Yeah. And I'm here to say careful. I'm not against picking them up and checking I'm not them out. Either, teaching, no. letting kids see, play. Um, you know, we don't want to roughhouse them, of course. But yeah. let them explore and, and check them out. When they're done, wash your hands. Wash so, Hopefully everybody has an understanding now, but I do think we have some good stories to share. So let's let's share our favorite turtle stories before we wrap this up, Ben. Give me one of yours. Well, I'll just give you one of the most recent that's happened. You and I were guiding a trip, backpacking trip, and I know I think we've actually shared this in one of our podcasts, but it's it's, it's, it's that funny that I, it's still on my mind. Um, during our trip, we actually got to base camp. We set everything up before we went to go set up our latrine area. Mm-hmm. On the way out, we actually found a a box turtle. Three-to- I think it was a three-toed, it was a three-toed box, box turtle. Yeah, three-toed right. box turtle. And I kind of took it back to the group, say, "Hey, check this out. Look at it." And they're like, "Oh, this is so cool." Yeah. Well, I gave it to to one of the the groups. Um, yeah, ladies, if you're listening to this, we're not going to give your name, but we're sorry that we're telling this story. Yeah. So we <laughs> we said, "Oh yeah," they they loved it. They're checking it out, looking at it, and I was like, "All right, it's time to go set up our latrine." So yeah. the group, we get up. We left camp. We left camp. We go set it up. We come back, and the two ladies were like, hey, where's our, where's our turtle? Where'd the turtle go? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I looked at them like, well, I mean, it's gone. It, it has four legs. Yeah. It, it got up and walked off. But they're like, well, but where did it go? And they're, and in their mind, they were thinking, it's a turtle. It's going to be right here. Right here. Yeah, it's going to hang out. It's going to be right here when we get back within a couple of feet. And they're slow. You're like, I don't know. There's a f- whole forest like <laughs> four feet away could be anywhere could by be now anywhere by now right and, and it was just that mindset we do have this mindset these turtles are slow yeah they don't really go anywhere they are on a mission man if, if you ever watch a box turtle in its environment undisturbed these suckers move quick they do and they're going where they want to go they're moving with a purpose so speaking of quick moving turtles when i was a young fella living on the farm um this was before that i knew or that my parents knew about moving turtles being detrimental. Um, so I would not suggest doing this, but it's a great memory and a great story for me, so I am going to share it. Um, we lived way out, uh, 30 minutes from 
any Walmart, any grocery store, any anything. We were way out. However, every 4th of July, we lived on a, a cattle ranch that uh, backed up to the river. We had a big gravel bar on the river, and we had people out for a, a, a 4th of July party every year. But for the kids, one of the activities was uh, a box turtle race. And my parents would buy all kinds of prizes, and wherever your turtle finished was the prize that you got. That sounds really fun. It was really fun. But part of my job leading up to that was to collect turtles in the in, you know the two or three days before. We had to have enough box turtles for all the kids. So as we're going around the farm or the gravel roads there, I had uh, this big 55-gallon uh, drum that was cut in half, and we made it into a little turtle environment, and uh, I'm collecting turtles for however many kids we think are coming and they were everywhere at the time um, now what was cool was i got to scout them so i knew which one was a racing turtle and that kind of became a joke in in my family of when you see a box turtle oh that's a racing turtle there that's a racing turtle so i picked out what i thought was a good turtle erased it and i got second place what so i didn't even pick out the best turtle i got beat however and I already had my prize I wanted. I knew what I wanted. And I, it was the first place prize. However, the little girl who won, she didn't want the first place prize. So I got to get it. And that is how Brian Hoffmeyer got his first fishing pole. Really? I won a fishing pole in a box turtle race. That's awesome. <laughs> Do you still have that today? The fishing pole yeah, the fishing is pole. in the bottom of the river. Oh, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> I also remember the moment that I dropped that fishing pole out of my canoe and never saw it again. Oof, that's a tough one. I cried. Yeah, I bet so. It'd be a little emotional. I still have nightmares. You know, you said you did talk about the the detriment of moving turtles. I didn't know that either. You know, growing up, we used to we used to find box turtles and we would actually take fingernail polish. And mark them to see if we could find them again, if they would stay in the area, and if we would find them again. Yeah. Um, you know, we would move them a little bit. You know, we may carry them around for a little bit, race them, whatever. I don't know if we put them back right where we found them, um, but the understanding of moving them. This is this is what I want to share is where the detriment actually comes in is mm -hmm. that an adult turtle, if it is a female, she if she's in that area when she lays, lays eggs. She's keeping that, that area going, I'll say, with turtles. That's the best way I can describe that. And so by moving her out of that becomes the issue. Because you and I, we talk a lot about um, the food chain. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and turtles are going to lay eggs, and a lot of them are going to be eaten. Most we just found them. out deer yeah. are going to eat them. Dadgum deer. Dadgum deer. <laughs> but that is the hardest age, I'll call it. That's, that's the most difficult time for any animal is... Right there at the the egg or the newborn. Yeah. Right. They're mo they're most vulnerable. Most more vulnerable. Ooh, once they become you got it an nice. adult. <laughs> once they become an adult, though, especially in the box turtle world, they're doing pretty good and they do seem to live. Yeah. They, many many years. They live fifty, sixty, hundred years. Right. They're doing yeah. good. And so taking that adult turtle out of its territory, that's kind of where that impact gets as well. Right. And then with the fingernail polish, something that you had brought up to me is that we used to use bright red fingernail polish because we wanted to identify it. Right. Now, if that was the adult female, now I'm marking this thing with, with colorations, colors it shouldn't yeah. have that could impact that for its... Predators, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're marking it so you can find it, and unfortunately, it has a long list of predators. Um, foxes, hawks, I mean, all kinds of stuff are, are going to be seeing it a lot easier now. So while I think it's awesome for children to go out and interact with nature... As a parents and adults, we should make sure they're doing that safely. One, 
if you want to mark them, I don't think that's an awful idea, but maybe use uh, a black or a brown. So it may be harder for you to find, but if you do find it, you're going to know, okay, yeah, it's got a little black on the side. That That's one that I found. I wouldn't use a red, white, pink, anything like that, because now you're making it more susceptible to predation. Also, when we're going out and we're touching them, let's make sure we're washing our hands so the ki our kids aren't getting sick as well. <clears throat> and I think if you want to bring the turtle up to the house, bring it up to the house, but have an idea of of where it was so you can take it back. They, they are territorial. They, they know their home range. And, and so if you want to check them out and teach your kids about them, take them back to that general area where you found them so that the food chain and all that can be undisturbed. Absolutely. That's good. So I want to share just a couple more stories before we wrap up here. Um, I also decided one time that I was going to have a pet red-eared slider. And I actually, as a, gosh, I was probably four or five years old, I had a rusty old red wagon. And I brought this ready to slider up from the river. And I decided he was going to be my pet. Well, one day, I decided that he stunk. And what better to do when you stink than to get a bath, right? Right. So I, <laughs> I put water in my rusty old red wagon. And I put my ready to slider in my rusty old wagon. And I was scrubbing him and giving him a bath. And he did not like it. In my mind, I remember thinking, holy smokes, that thing does bite. Because I didn't think that it bit, and it latched onto me, bit me like a snapping turtle, and I mean, lots of blood, and and cut me really deep, not to the bone, but really, really deep, and I just was, <laughs> that was the last day that I had him, because all I could think about was, mom, get this thing back to the river, he is not my friend, he is not my pet, but. Well, hopefully you learn that turtles don't need baths. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Second, though, the beak on a turtle. Uh-huh. Very sharp. It is sharp, yeah. You know. They rip flesh. That's exactly. They're designed to do that. Yeah. For sure. And it, it and they're good at it. Let me tell you from experience. <laughs> Sounds like they're really good. <laughs> Don't give them a bath. Um, no, that's an awesome story. But that is the, you know, you and I have picked up a lot of turtles as kids. Um, I encourage my kids to, to handle whole turtles. Um, but we have to be careful. Anything that has a mouth can bite. And so be careful in that. Right. My last one that I want to share, we have the opportunity to work with a huge African spurred tortoise. Now, this this particular animal was named Sheldon, aptly named Sheldon, and we took him to programs and taught with him. He wasn't fully grown because these tortoises, again, that species can be 200 pounds, 200 years. This is a desert species. They dig. They burrow down into things. Um, something really cool that I just love to talk about was because I was blown away by their intelligence. And it's just this kind of slow, we just kind of have this perception of this slow, dumb animal. We were able to, me and another keeper, we, we worked with Sheldon, and we trained him to load up into his own crate. He could go up a ramp and into his crate or into a wagon or something. And, and the purpose of that was as he was going to get bigger, he was kind of right there at the end. Some people could still hold him and carry him, and some people couldn't. But as he was going to get bigger, he was still going to be an education animal. He needed to be able to load himself up onto really a wagon so he could be moved. Mm -hmm. But we were able to teach him with colors and food, um, watch the color of this stick, and he would go up this ramp and load himself up. And I was blown away that he was so trainable. Um, so they're not they're not a dumb animal at all. I, was, I thought it was really cool to, to watch that because I didn't know that before that moment. That's a great observation, bro. All right. Should I summarize and wrap this up? I think I can summarize and make this very confusing topic clear for everybody. Let's try to bring it home. All right, let's bring it home. So turtles, everything that is a Chelonian can be referred to as a turtle. That includes 
Turtles, which most people, when they're referring to a turtle, are referring to marine animals with flippers. Also includes terrapins, which are going to be your class of turtles that spend some of their time in the water and some of their time on the land. They have webbed feet with claws. And then you're going to have your tortoises that are your terrestrials that are going to spend most of their time on land, and they do not have webbed feet. It's going to be more like walking on their fists. Hopefully that gives everybody an understanding of what a turtle is, all the different types of turtle, turtle, terrapin, tortoise. If you guys really like what we're doing and you love to support us, we would love for you to find our Linktree link that's on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I believe it's even on our TikTok. If you go to that, you'll be able to follow our Patreon. We would love for you to become a monthly member and support us. We have $5 and $10 a month members. That would greatly help our podcast so we can keep it going because it does take a lot of time and money. So we would really appreciate the support. And then help us move up the charts on these podcast platforms. Leave us reviews and ratings. Hit that automatic download button so that every time we put out a new episode, you're getting that download. We greatly appreciate you listening. Between now and our next episode, we hope that you spend some time outdoors and maybe even find a turtle. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.